and Dad business with Aaron Caliber. That's my dad. Hello, underpants. That is hilarious. Shut your mouth, dude. Rate and review this podcast or my daddy will go into a deep depression. Welcome to Grown Dad Business. Shout out real quick to my sponsor, goodsandevil.com. You know it, you love it. If you don't, you will. Especially me who loves movies and all things horror. Goodsandevil.com has awesome uh, movie and horror t-shirts. Also a line of vegan shirts. uh, And also other little, uh, you know, textiles that they print their cool stuff on. Original artwork, really awesome. If you like movies, check out goodsandevil.com. And if you like movies, check out my podcast, You Can't Handle the Truth, handlethetruthpodcast.com on iTunes, blah, blah, blah. With my friend, legitimate movie critic and comedian Sean Collier. We talk about movies every week, and uh, that's fun times. But um, continuation on the Eddie Brill podcast. Uh I mean, Eddie Brill is a legend of stand-up comedy. He's opened up so many careers by being a booker for the the Letterman show for, uh, you know, he was worked for the show for 17 years. And um, we're continuing our talks about comedy and family and, you know, the the weaving of comedy and entertainment and, and life through, through all of that. It's just fascinating. But uh, we're going to continue that. If you want to see me live, go to AaronKleiber.com. I'm doing all kinds of stuff. Um, this week, I am in Tulsa. I'm at the Looney Bin in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Got I'm going to be home next weekend, March 24th and 26th at the Pittsburgh Improv for my friend Matt Light's show, Lights Out. Also, March 26th, I'll be at Arcade Comedy Theater doing my stand-up comedy game show, Comic Wars. And some more things coming up from that. Um, yeah, I'm coming to Lansing, Michigan in April. Hey, Michigan. Also, uh, the basically the second and third week, I think. Well, April 14th through the 16th and April 21st through the 23rd, I'm on an amazing tour, uh, the one-night-only variety tour. There's yo-yoers, jugglers, contortionists, and I'm the stand-up comedian on the show. It's going to be a really fun, different type of tour that I get to do with my friends uh, like Jonathan Burns and Mark Hayward. So that'll be a good time. Anyway, part two, Eddie Brill. Let's do this. Jackpot. I'm I'm trying to come up with as many catchphrases as possible. Jackpot. Mama say mama sa mama as the kids are saying on the streets. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Follow your heart? I don't know. Eddie Bro, guys. That's uh wow, man. Uh pretty intense. But, yeah, and but then at that point, like I always I'm always curious to see, like, you know, we're talking about the arts and things like that. So when you guys were kids did you have you had fun yeah we had so much gosh you had twin little brothers yeah i mean i i I was changing diapers two asses at once oh my god you know and then one's running away and they were just destructive they would you know they (laughs) they saw that i remember they had seen this commercial about the you know the slow pitch and catch and you throw the ball against the thing and it would bounce back to you and they took a screen off of the window and i woke up one morning and there were they were just taking eggs and throwing them at screens and just destroying our house. They were just really destructive. And, you know, I did a lot of cleaning and a lot of scrubbing and a lot of, you know, parenting. Wow. But 
you know, there was so much energy and so much fun. And again, there was so much love. I was very, I'm very blessed to have a lot of love. Do you, so do you think that like, where, where does your comedy come from in your family? Like, well, I mean, I know you mentioned your mom. Yeah. But like, sarcastic. When did you kind of see that starting developing where you wanted to do stand up coming you know from i love carlin crazy I, family. I, I i loved you know i love jonathan winters and, and george carlin yes. and richard pryor and you know flip wilson was another yes. huge influence his tv show was really smart and funny always smart and funny always made me laugh that's why i love yeah. british comedy almost as m- much or more than a lot of american comedy or i love working in europe more right. because the audiences are smarter and there's mm. much more history and people are knowledgeable and uh, so I'd see a lot of British stuff, and that would really turn me on. But, I, you know, we, there was always watching comedy, the Jackie Gleason show, the Cara Burnett show. Yeah. There, there was always comedy going on in the house. I saw Carlin, and it really connected mm. for me. And I would remember his albums, every word. I'm aware of yeah. some stare at my hair. In fact, to be fair, I can do the whole, yeah. the whole wow. album. Yeah. And, um, but I never thought I'd do it for a living. And then in college, I met a bunch of funny people. We decided we'd form a comedy group. It was wow. very success, wildly successful. Uh, turned out some pretty big names out of it, but that was years later. And then the stand-up came along, and I kind of liked it. And then I quit because I thought, you know, comedy's great, but it's not. I'm not making any money. Right. I had great influences, guys like you know, in Boston when I was in college, like Barry Crimmins gave me my first paid spot, and oh, wow. guys like Don Gavin and uh, you know. Uh, a lot, a lot of Steve Sweeney, Lenny Clark, uh, yeah. Jimmy Tingle, all the old time, Tony V. All these guys were very influential. But I quit comedy. And then I missed it. And I missed it like crazy. I went into advertising. I did some writing. I mm-hmm. worked for my father for a while. But the comedy was calling my name. And uh, yeah. I went back July 20, I think it was the 29th of uh, 84. And, you know, when I was in college, in the first comedy bit I was in, I got huge laughs mm-hmm. on the first line that I said. And I... I, it's like heroin. I've been chasing that laugh for the rest of my life. Amen. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And I think too, like, I don't know if this resonates with you. I always say to people that like going through pain and childhood, um, you know, I went through a thing and I, I apologize for people repeating myself, but uh, you it's know, okay. I, they're here because they enjoy that you're, yeah, I, but like, I, I also like was healed through laughter. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was, when we kind of moved into, you know, a different neighborhood, a very low-class urban neighborhood. You know, I went to school and, you know, I went from, like, just a bunch of, you know, middle-class, you know, upper-class white kids to basically to the, I moved to the projects. Right. And I was like, oh, black kids are different. Like, <laughs> I started in the projects. Yeah. I mean, so it was just like, I don't, like, you, to get along in a tough neighborhood, you got to be a tough dude. You got you to be funny. You got to fight. Yeah. We gotta, or you got to be funny. Or be funny. Right. And that's that's where I come from. You know what I mean? And so, it, you know, it's it's interesting that, you know, we do chase this thing that it's like it brings some healing to us. And that's I can resonate with that, you know, yes. and you, it just whether that's you or not. I mean, but it's just like, yeah, that attention. You know, I remember I did a press interview. People are like, you know, you know, why did you quit, you know, working with teenagers or whatever I used to do, you know, and. You know, I used to do ministry with teenagers. Yes, pretty, and pretty and I'm like, because I'm and selfish. Important. I'm selfish. <laughs> right, we're all selfish. I quit because I'm selfish. Mm-hmm. To to really give everything you have to another person, you know, doing counseling or whatever, you have to be very selfless. It's a very special person that can do that. And I was like, I'm selfish. But there's also a bit of selfishness to that too, because you, the pleasure you get in doing that. 
like oh, absolutely. Ra- raising my brothers, it was yeah, I had to be selfless, but at the same time, it just it's the nurturing part of it is yeah, really powerful it for purpose. me. Right. And then, you know, here I am in life as a comic. And in the times I've been a booker, to me, I'm a comic first. To other yeah. people, I'm a booker because when you're a comic, I know what it's like. Yeah. If I see someone who's a comic also as a booker, and, I think of them as a booker. And through that, you are being the big brother. Yeah. You and are so being I can, nurturing. I, and yeah. I try to be. And I've always loved that role. And it's yeah. always good. And I also have to know when to step back, know when to fold them. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. I mean, so before we uh, – jeez. There's so much to talk about with you. Uh, well, yeah, I have the only other part of it is that I never had my own kid. So oh, right. um, all of a sudden my sister gives birth to her child and uh, in 1986, the year the Mets won the World Series, I remember. <laughs> and uh, and it was interesting because a friend of hers and mine who worked down the street, my father was visiting her and you know, was you know had fun and partied too much, and she lived a couple hours north. And my sister invited her to hang out, and then it was, she was a little too much. And my brother, I, they, I lived two buildings over from my sister in New York City, and um, this her friend they called me. Can she sleep at your uh, apartment on the futon? Which I, I had a futon that all these comics got to stay on. <laughs> Uh, thousands of comics on those uh, that futon and she crashed on the futon in the morning i woke up and i was having sex and uh i <laughs> i recommend it highly i didn't plan on it but it's what it's sex is fantastic i don't know if you've had it before but yeah, i would bad. recommend it and uh and but to wake up to it is really amazing especially when you're not expecting to wake up to it <laughs> and that one time made a baby but i didn't know that and and i never met that baby until he was uh, I heard about him when he was th- he was thirteen. I met him when he was fourteen, and wow. I fell in love with him immediately when I met him. I mean, you just can just that's your child, yeah. And I saw him, and it was we were both so nervous. And I was doing a show in Bryant Park in New York, and she was going to call me up. I hadn't spoke to her in a million years, and she said, "This is your child." I was like, "Denial, denial." I said, "No, I got to meet this kid." So I was so nervous, I, and she was going to bring him down to the show I was hosting, and I was like, "I hope he thinks I'm funny." You know, <laughs> first time I'm meeting him, so you know, I'm hosting the show. I remember David Tell was on. It was a very good Lewis Black and Judy Gold. It was a very funny show, and it was wow. outdoors, and people cursing like crazy but anyway um i go uh meet my son i look at him he looks exactly like me i just fall in love and we've grown together as father and son like you wouldn't believe and then uh seven and a half years ago nearly eight years ago i find out he wants to be a stand-up which was so such a thrill for me wow and now you know we work together every once in a while and you know he's i'm very proud of him he's really funny and he's really a hard worker and so the thing that I never really had was my own child, even though yeah. I raised children my whole life. Sure. So now I, ha- I've, I have my own child, and uh, wow. we have the best relationship in the world. That's a good grown dad story. Yeah. I mean, that's – wow. I, that's, I'm going from here to hang out with him on Monday and Tuesday in, wow. in L.A. Yeah, yeah and, and I'm in a situation, too, that like I, I don't have a dad. Mm. You know? Right. Uh, he's out there. Oh. But I don't – Never, you know, really made any efforts. I don't really care. Is there a part of you that says, I wish it was different? You know, my mom, she stopped asking me. Right. So I'm asking. Maybe when I became like a dad, I think she stopped asking me around. Maybe after I had my second child, maybe. And, you know, no. I've been so blessed with amazing people in my life that have 
you know, been that man in my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I'm not, I don't want to get cheesy religious. I mean, you know, when people say like, I have a father in heaven, you know, that's, right. that's, that's been for me, you right. know, been there for me and, and mentors that I've had and, you know, things like that. And, you know, you know, uh, yeah. And, and just, and then older comedians, yeah, you know that have me comedians too. who have taken me on the road and have treated me like a little brother. You know, uh, I mean, I always say Jim Brewer is so good to me, such a, a great guy. You know, and and people that comedians who who are older than me and treat me like a little brother, and it's just I, I, so I've always been blessed with that kind of male presence, and and also I think becoming a father of a but now a bunch of kids three yeah, kids three of them yeah um it's just kind of like you know now you do it the right way yes. you know what i mean and it, well and and pay it forward for what these comics you brewer and all these other absolutely. people mentioned to you absolutely and 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 i love kind of i always have you know well i don't want to sound like i'm some like uh like like i always have comedians like that i kind of I, I hate saying the word like a mentor, but, but I always. But I, you shouldn't hate to say it. If they're mentors, they're mentors. No, but I, I always love like speaking into people's lives, like people have done to me. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, that's like, what we were talking about that. last night with this girl that I yeah. don't know her name. I don't want to sound like a big gay bear. <laughs> yeah, like, but like, you are. So come, you know, come, on the, come on the road with Arr. daddy. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but that was for me. Robert Schimmel was yeah. one of like was the older brother I never had, and he took me everywhere on the road with him. Everywhere. He even um, put it in his contract at APA that he had to. I had to be the comic opening for him. Oh, I mean, that's he, great. There was a the club in Cleveland, Hilarities, which I, I became, which that is place. fantastic, and they're my family. Oh, they're but, so good to me. But the first time I ever worked there, they were like, look, we don't know this Eddie Brillen. We're not booking someone we don't know. And Schimmel said, look, if you don't like him, I'll give him the 700 out of my pay. And they said, well, you're on. And then, of course, we became family right away, and we've been family wow. ever since. But that's the kind of mentorship I had. Yeah. And I had, I could, it's name-dropping, but it's Robert Schimmel, and it's yeah. John Mendoza, and it's uh, Sam Kinison, yeah. who are three men in my life that were wow. older than me that took me under their wing and did so many – Don Gavin, right. especially in Boston, or Tony V in Boston. These people, they took me under their wing. And then uh, along the way, Joan Rivers did one of yeah. the most incredible things in the world for me. The first time I ever did Letterman, I, I saw her in an airport, and we talked, and then she, I told her I was doing Letterman. And then we were sitting on the plane. Remember People's Express? They had the all first-class seats. and the, It was this airplane, <laughs> and they were all first-class seats, and they had silverware and cookies. It was great. Wow. Um, and so we weren't in separate sections. And during the flight, she got up and asked to change with the woman who was sitting next to me. And she had me go over my set with her on the plane Whoa. and gave me the best advice in the world. And, and, you know, so I've had these kind of mentors, David Brenner, along the way, uh, Dick Cavett, who've come into my oh, life. Again, wow. their names, but name dropping his names. But no, to yeah. me, it's, it's incredibly cool that these people in my life have come along. And I will never be embarrassed to say they were my mentors. Or these are people who, yeah, who changed and, my and, life. You know, and, and we, we do have that stigma, especially stand up. And, and where I'm at now, you know, the level that I'm at, you don't want to name drop and things like that. But, you know, I... It I, matters. I, I mean, if you're going, yeah, well, I was with Sam Kinison, and then yeah, this, no. I'm on my way to Paris, right? You right, know? right. <laughs> like that kind of stuff. No, it's, it's yeah, it, there's a difference between being a douche and being thankful yes. for the incredible yes. people that came I mean, in your life. I, that's and and that's what it's uh, it's almost like you know, do unto others. You know, yes. it's like it's you you uh, pay that forward, and you know, 
you know, that's why, you know, I'm, I've tried to be as good as I can to young comics and book really good shows in Pittsburgh and, yes. and, and, and do that, you know, for people that, you know, and it is amazing that, you know, and I, I don't live in LA and, and, and I work at clubs in LA now. Yeah. Because one guy was like, no, this, you got to put this guy up at the Laugh Factory, you know, yeah. like you'll love him. Right. And it just, you don't even know how to, like, you're talking about Joan doing, doing something like that. It just, you don't even know how to express how, like, you're incredible. Like, wow. You know, I like, said when I did my you. first Letterman, my sister was there, but at the same time, I had Joan in my ear as well, telling me to slow down to comparing, mm. talking about the the pausing and being as important as the words himself yeah. in the Jack Benny kind of school of comedy. Right, and she was incredible for me, and I've always been thankful to her um, for you know the kind of stuff she did. And then you know, like I then I'd work with comics like Paula Poundstone's my favorite live comic I've ever seen in my life, and. Uh, you know, I worked with her one weekend in San Francisco as a young comic, and yeah. I watched her, and it was like going to school, wow. working with one of the best performers I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and it's funny. And here's two name droppings. Um, I was talking with Stephen Wright, who I went to school with, and yeah. Jake Johansson, who's one of the best comics oh, in the world. Great. And there's no, there's a big wonder why he's not the most famous guy on the I, planet. I agree. He's brilliant, but. Um, the three of us are sitting and we're talking about who our favorite comics are. And we all said Paula Poundstone. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know who Paula Poundstone is. I know. And she's the greatest. Wow. She is great. I, I wanted to, I actually, I wanted to try to open for her in Pittsburgh Mm. because I just wanted to see her live. Yeah. I was like, well, if I'm not going to stay home to see your live, but I'll work. Yeah, that's the way <laughs> I, I can feel. kill two birds but, with one stone. <laughs> yeah, you no, know, I always want to do that. I that's why work. I like I, one of my heroes is Sinbad. Ah, and I got to open for him a couple years ago. He's a and, great, great and guy. It was, and it was like, you know, the money's, you know, whatever. It's right. okay. You know, because he's getting good. all the money. You're getting what's yeah, left and over. it's good. But I was like. You know, uh, my booker friend who books, you know, the th- big theater shows in Pittsburgh, he's like, you want to open for Sinbad? And I'm like, well, I got a weekend. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, Let's do I, it. I have to. Yeah. I have to, you know. And it's, it's still one of the best comedy stories in my career yeah. of doing Sinbad. And I, I'm, it's not my storyteller. Right. It's yours. No, I it's okay. I Sinbad was great to me. I did uh, Showtime at the Apollo when he yeah. was the host. Yeah, uh, you know he's great, and his sister is great, and I work with him a lot, and I've uh, I've known him for a million years, and he's a really great guy. He's yeah. one of the greatest. He oh, I'll, okay, I'll tell you the story real okay, quick because now people are like tell the story. Yeah. So uh, so he had he had a bunch of people come because he filmed a couple movies in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and he had a couple you know friends come in Pittsburgh, and they were a little late, so they missed my opening twenty five minutes, and they came in right when I got done. So after the show. We go, we're in the dressing room and he's very nice and gracious. Like, come hang out. These are my 10, 12 friends. And they were like, oh, did you see this? You got to see this cat. Oh, this cat is so, this young cat is so funny. Oh man. And they were like, we came in just when he got done. And he was like, and Sinbad, we're in his dressing room with like a dozen of his friends. And I'm just standing there like, you know, he's like, oh man, you got to, oh, you got to do that Halloween joke. cat. Uh. Come on, man. You got to tell him that Halloween joke. Come on, brother. And I'm like. I'm like, okay. So I'm doing my Halloween joke in front of his 12 friends in his dressing room. He's like, oh, now you got to do the one about, (laughs) come on. The one about buying your car. Do that one. Come on. And so I'm doing 10 minutes. Right. He's just yelling out jokes. Right. And he's, but, and he saw you enough to, and appreciated and and took the time. I was like, it didn't hit me until like a day later. I'm like, Sinbad was yelling out my jokes. Yeah. 
to do them in front of his friends. And it was just, it's one of the coolest experiences ever. I'll tell you an interesting story with people knowing my jokes. It was, uh, there was, you know, there was a thing in New York that would, the Friars Club would put on and it was amazing for us. And yeah. we, a bunch of comics would go on and we'd open up, we'd do a show and it honor some great comedian. One time was Sid Caesar. One time was Buddy Hackett. Right. One time was, uh, one of my favorite comics of all time is, uh, and is, I've, all of a sudden his name just uh, left I my I head. That all time. Norm, uh, you know, uh, the, from Boston, who was the hair cutter, he screwed up his words all the time, uh, and I love him, and I know him, and we hang out. That's how I'm getting I do old. Do that all the time. Yeah. Well, Nor Jack Carter and Norm, this guy that everyone's saying, hey, you idiot, it's Norm, this guy. Anyway, um, <laughs> and I know him, and he's from Quincy, Mass, and uh, and uh, he's he's so good to me in my life. But anyway, it was a big show for these two guys, yeah. and they were putting it together, and. Uh, so the the night was kind of weird because every comic was going over their time and it was really rude because these shows were great and they put on like 12 to 15 comics from different generations and right. it was really um it was incredible shows. I mean you'd get people like Alan King, you know, and yeah. and, and then Sid Caesar and these kind of people going out for oh. For Norm, uh, his name, and uh, <clears throat> well, you're talking about Norman Lear before. Yeah, this is different. Not, my father's name's Norman, it's not Norm Macdonald. No, and who has one of my favorite comics of all time. I love him. Um, but anyway, I could look it up. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> I'm, I, that's killing all I got. me how. Yeah. So anyway, um, so these guys are in, and they sit in the front row, and you do, and and it was raining out, and it was really shitty, and I was really pissed at all these comics. They were just going on and on, and it's a waste of time because when the thing is over, you go to the Friars Club and you sit with all the comedians and everyone tells yeah. stories so here we are you know and the show's going long and it's pissing down rain and i did my we're supposed to do seven or eight minutes right. the light comes on at seven i cut off at eight but everyone's doing 15s and 20s i said fuck this and i just went home and i'm sitting on my couch by myself going you know who's the asshole i'm the asshole because i could be at the friars club right now telling stories with all these people and right. i'm not doing it and it's a shame that it's not happening and i'm such an idiot and oh, i'm so pissed at myself because i took it personally and i should have never done that so anyway um and so the next night i go to a play on yeah. broadway and uh and the intermission of the play um i'm just about to get up to go out and who walks up the aisle it's jack carter and norm and they're like and they go, oh, my, and I just want to say, I don't know if you guys remember, I was on the show last night, I was trying, and they cut me and go, oh, my God, Eddie Brill, we, you know, we did a show this afternoon, we hung out all day, we've been doing your act, and they they did it for me in the, in the aisle. They go, yeah. I don't know if you mind, do you mind if we uh, meet our wives? Do you mind if we introduce our wives? Because they love you. And so it worked out cooler yeah. than me, you know, waiting around and all that. I got to see them the next night. Yeah. And uh, you should tell a story so I can find out... Uh, to who Norm was, the Norm from, and he was the the hair cutter on uh, on the Dean Martin show. Dean Martin is one of my all time favorite people in the industry as well. Yeah, it's just so interesting when you, you know, when you it, it, it's when you're in that point in your career and you have these people that you look up to. Norm and, Crosby. Norm Crosby. Oh, thank God. Thank you, uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> but you know what I mean. You just have these people that you grew up with loving and that are so much ahead of you and they're like you're great i uh, it's crazy i'm like what i know it's like, very surreal and and that's you know we'll, we'll move on you know from well, all you know, these there are so people who come up the floor we're drowning there are people what's that there's so many names on the floor we're drowning i know we should just lay on the floor and then this way none of them will drop um 
but there are there are people who you know just like you suck or you know people yeah, hate you yeah. or whatever and then i just remember well this guy norm crosby thought i was funny yeah you know so much that i forgot his last name and had to look it up yeah but anyway but you know what i'm saying that that you the confidence you have to have you have to have for yourself and sure. even if look at guys like hicks or stan hope and you know they're out there and they're doing what they want to do and they're not pleasing the audiences yeah they're pleasing themselves and then they get an audience and they're pleased right. by it. But you have to continue to do your art and do what pleases you and not try to please everybody else, which was one of the biggest lessons so I hard learned. so hard because it's, it's so hard as a comedian because your job is to please everyone. But not really. But it's not. As an artist, you're not right? supposed to please. You're supposed to please yourself. Right. Yeah, please everyone. Brother. Please <laughs> you, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it, you're, you're, suppo- like you're supposed to please the audience. Supposedly. But then you're not. Like no. it's, it's – know what you mean right but that's how it's like that's what i always loved about letterman is he had his own you know he walked to his own drummer yeah and he did what he did and of course not everyone loved it but a lot of people did because he was his own original person right and i always use those examples of paint by numbers when you were a kid you had these like you could uh, number one was yellow and number two was right. cobalt blue and they would do all the outline for you and you fill it in and the picture would look fantastic right because it's already been done the real artist takes a blank canvas and creates from that ca- right. from that blank canvas. And it doesn't have to be pleasing to everybody. It could be only pleasing to you, and then you're still doing your art. Right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we off the floor yet with the name dropping? No, we're okay. We're so- I think Not remembering are- Norm Crosby's last name put a couple of names back up off the floor because one of my heroes, I couldn't think of his last name. Oh, I, I do it all the time. I'm like, uh, it just... Age. I... Uh, I uh, I'm 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 not I don't think I hope I'm not that old but I just always blame it like I need coffee. I yeah. need, I didn't I have eat. a great memory for incredible things. I've been working on a book and I've oh written 150 gosh. stories yeah. and I'm having all these great memories and they're coming back. But every once in a while there'll be one little thing that it's like yeah. you know, well, Kevin Spacey I can't remember his name. You're writing a book of stories. Yeah, of, of from my life, you know. Oh wow. I've written 150 so far. Wow. Hopefully someone will want to publish them. Well, you, them. you know, I loved, and I don't know if you were doing, you were workshopping that because I think I commented a bunch on Facebook. Yeah, I've been workshopping some of the stories. Yeah, and I was just, I'm like, I would read your stories, you know, and I know that you put a status update that's, you know, three paragraphs long. Right. And uh, and some people are like, what the hell? I'm not reading. Yeah, oh, I, I don't care. I, dude, I was. Uh, this is not. I'm not. You know, taking your name, putting it on the floor, and then picking up with my mouth and kissing. <laughs> it. But I'm saying, like, I was. It, it, great stories. Thanks. So I'm really excited to hear that they're going to be in a book. Yeah, I'm. I, I, you know, and I've been writing so much every day for so long, yeah. at least six days a week, that my style has gotten better and better and stronger and stronger. Right now, I'm even taking the stories that I worked on last year and rewriting them again. Oh wow! And yeah. it's just get it's just a great exercise for me, constantly writing yeah. and rewriting. Now I've got to create some sort of thread because I'm not that world famous to where people go, oh, here's Billy Crystal's book. I'll get it no matter what. Right. Well, who's that? Eddie Brill, well, you know, he might have done this or might have done that. But if people say, well, that story's good or that story's really good, hopefully people say, well, I want to read all those stories. I mean, it's just, I, I can't imagine that some of the stories you put out on social media were the best ones. Because I was workshopping them and getting yeah. feedback and getting ideas from them. Because even like some of them, I'm like, get the sh- get <laughs> out of here. This is this is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty what cool. What a great story. But dude, you 
you've done us so many cool things and yeah. you know and it's, it's still yet to come i know it's like it's amazing like what what did we do to deserve this yeah <laughs> um we you know we went through tragedy we went through all the stuff like that yeah. and again if you decide not to play the victim and really have a good time and really enjoy your life and really do take the the negative shit that happens and look at it as part of the whole thing i always right. think about an ekg in a life mm. that's really successful if you take risks you're going to be really high you're going to really be low and that's what an ekg means you're alive you're yeah. really alive but if you just don't take chances and you just you flat line you know there's there why wake up the next day why live that way absolutely so i'm ready to you know i'm i'm ready to suck on stage every once in a while yeah. to get a joke to really work the way i want to yeah. where before i always wanted every joke to work i know i like i i will go i'll you know it's i always get intimidated or you know kind of get in my own head if you know i would do an open mic in pittsburgh and then there's a lot of comedians who are like guys aaron cliver's coming up tonight and i'm like no just you know, who cares? yeah but that you have to get out of your head with that because like, you know the you know, reason you do open mics in new york is so many of them yeah is that you can work out material and yeah. not always do terrific yeah problem and, is nowadays and chris rock brought this up is everyone's videotaping your sets yeah. and, everyone, and they're putting it out there and this is your work yeah, you're working yeah, a draft of a thing. It's yeah. not going to be funny, and people right. go, "Oh, that comic sucks" or whatever. Yeah, but but it's, you it's can't worry about that. That's as well. and I'm I'm happy to be in a place where you know open micers will be like, "Oh, you know, Aaron Kleiber showed up to do <laughs> some work, and you know whatever." And and I just I I you know in the last year or so I've just. I'm working on stuff and just, um, you know, I'll try to pull laughs because I'm a needy child and yeah. I still, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a people pleaser. I'll try to improvise and I get backed into a corner and improvise and, but that's where I write. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's this is going write. well and I'll go this way and oh my God, you like this. Thank you very much. Yes. You know, but like now I'm just like, I'm walking through this thing. Yep. I don't, nope. Not that one. All right. I don't give a shit. Like, it's just yeah, like, you have to be that way. I got to get these words out of my mouth and, you know, I'm <laughs> not pleasing any of you 30 open micers. Sorry. I'm not. When I booked you Letterman, know. you know, at the uh, at the end of the showcases, I would want to go on stage because I'm such a stage whore. I want to sure. get on stage. And I, at the first, I wasn't doing it because I'm thinking, well, you know, what are these people going to go? Oh, the booker, let me, he's going to show us how to do it. And that was my own head, you know. It's like, yeah. fuck these people. If that's what the way they're thinking, then they're idiots. You know, the truth is, is that I just want to get on stage. And Absolutely. And that's the most important thing because I get to work. And, you know, also I feel like I'm a comic. I mean, I am a comic and, you know, who just happened to get get a very cool job but it's a very hard job very demanding yeah. job and have oh, it, I can't you know imagine. yeah but it's okay because the good outweighs the bad i mean you know people want to take you down there's 10,000 people who want 12 spots yeah. and it's pretty intense Jeez. and but the good part about it is you were talking about this in pittsburgh for me i got to break some comics careers on oh, the letterman show and it makes me feel good that, you know, that I gave a lot of great people opportunities. Like a guy, and I brought this up, and I'm, I hope he never gets mad that I keep bringing it up. When Bill <laughs> Burr came, he's one of my favorite comics on the planet. Me too. You know, he first came up to me. He was really funny, but every joke, everybody sucked except him. And yeah. I said, without any vulnerability, do you have no strength. He's got to come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah. And the way I learned that was working with Schimmel every time mm. on the road. So eventually he came to me and said, I got, I got what you were talking about, eventually, right. and thank you. And then he, I'm not that I changed his life, right. but I, I let him know that I will put you on this television show because you're a phenomenal comedian once it's the vulnerabilities in there. Right. And then I put him on every year because he was, and then, you know, now he's, again, he, I think he's the, the greatest comic. He in, is my in favorite space. in the world currently, yeah. for yeah. sure. 
Yeah, that's it. I can't imagine that level of. I mean, I taught a stand up comedy class right. at my arcade comedy theater. And not a lot because I'm on the road a lot. So, you yeah. know, but to see those people come out and now they're featuring at the improv and they're doing good. their own shows. And I'm like, you kind of feel like a proud dad. Yeah. Like Same you- thing with this comedy festival in Nebraska. I go out around the country and I find the young, incredible talent. Yeah. And like the very, the, in the, Nine, this is our ninth year, 20 comics, 180, 184 comics that I've booked, not including the headliners right. or whatever. Um, you know, I'd say about 100 of them, 120 of them have gone on to have incredible major careers. And I found them well before they ever wow. had a career. Yeah. And a lot of them have become big stars because of it. And I'm yeah. very proud for them as, yeah. as like a proud uncle or yeah. that kind of a thing and it feels really really nice yeah you feel like a big brother you're like yeah, yeah go get him bud you know yeah. like and not all of them thank me but and i don't again i don't need that but i don't need any of that like i used to need that oh sure. you know that please we we're talking about being one yeah. of please people and i don't need that anymore i really have learned it's been incredible growth for me to be able to go look i'm not going to please everybody and i'm not gonna i'm gonna die trying right. if i try so don't just go out there and have the time of my life mm. yeah just be you and have fun yeah and right. that's what we're doing this weekend it's pretty great wow and I, I would love to come to pittsburgh and i'll say this on the thing to do workshops i did one that time i was there with okay. matt and only like four or five people came yeah. to, to the thing <clears throat> but i still talked to two of those i've seen two of those people and we still you know i know chat. the guy who books the stand-up at arcade comedy theater yeah uh, that's incredible his name's aaron Kleiber. yeah uh, i've heard and if him. you book todd glass then i already know you have class because he's not only you know, is he the most uh, attention to t- details guy that I've ever met in my life. One of the funniest comedians, one of the most sincere guys, and one of the most caring love about other human beings. And I just, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I worship the ground that he walks on, not because of a worship God, thing, but yeah. because of the kind of heart and soul that he has. And he, and I, and I told him, <clears throat> it, it meant so much to us and our theater in Pittsburgh that because I've worked with him, you know, and and he's like, tell me, tell me about this arcade comedy theater. I'm like, what mm-hmm. are you talking about? He goes, well, you know, because in a little part of my bio on my website, I have like, this is kind of my heart, my home. Right. You know, I kind of do this also. And he's like, this looks like a cool place. Tell me about it. And I'm like, well, I can't afford you, Todd. No. Like, you know, he goes, no, this is, send me pictures. I like what you're doing here. I love this place. I said, okay. He goes, I want to do a weekend here. I go, get the fuck, what? Yeah. And you know, and that you're right about Todd. It's, it meant so much, and it brought that was like a gift to us that he kind of said, "No, I like this place." Right. I was in, working with him in Vancouver at the comedy festival. Yeah. Me and him, I think Todd Barry doing a show, and he was would headline the show. Oh, he created show, the show, you guys, and he set it up with like music for the yeah. show. He had gone there earlier during the day yeah. and had sort of made an outline and and sort of I love did it. artistic lines I love and it. set the room up in a very beautiful way. Put like a carpet down. I mean, he really and candles on each table. Oh, yep. And it was just really beautiful. And I watched him, and I mentored underneath him you know yeah. i was like tell me what you're doing and how you're doing this yeah. and i'll never forget and that was one of the greatest shows i've ever been part of because yeah it was so human and so it was very much there's a club in ireland that's called the upstairs at the international bar uh-huh. it seats 50 comfortably they put 100 yeah. people in there and they put people on the stage sitting on the floor of the stage it wow. gets so packed and there's no microphone and you just chat with them yeah. and that's what this setup was that uh todd put together 
in wow. Vancouver. And I've never forgotten that. And I can picture every part of it. I can picture the colors of the room, the way he yep. said it. It's, there were so many layers of, of art yep. going on at the same time. There are things that he did at Arcade that we just kept. That's great. We're just like, yeah, we should have gels in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, he's right. There was a, a club in, uh, it was the Improv in Tempe, Arizona. That was a great club. Yeah. And he wanted to film a special in their little ante room. And he, he created yeah. this whole room and made his special in that yeah. place. And then they started using that as a, as a venue because Todd Glass was there. Yeah. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah, the exactly. Todd Glass podcast. Yeah, I know. Now, <laughs> now I'm getting comedians like, oh, I want to play arcade. Yeah. Todd was there? Oh, yeah, wow. Of course. Uh, well, that was, uh, that's, you know, Todd bombarded the, uh, the, the yeah, podcast. That's okay. I don't but know. no, that's, and, but I think it, it is, it's uh, because Todd is one of those guys you kind of look up to for a lot of different things. Yeah. And it's cool to like hear that, like, you know, you're learning from Todd. Of course. You know, it's just amazing. Like I said, though, Sam Tripoli last night, I went up to him and thanked him. I said, yeah. you were so inspirational last night. It makes me continue to want to be the best I possibly can yes. and not to hold on to any barriers or whatever and yeah. just go out there. And I had to tell him. I, I felt like I needed to tell him. And the same thing I talked about Chris. Um, I had really never seen him, and he was just incredible. And yeah. we're very like-minded, which helps me to be better at what I do. Yeah. And it, and I think Fairbanks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. God, I love him. Holy crap, is he funny? But like, I think that says a lot about for you know who the kind of people that like we try to be and to live to be is that it's very important. We brought up that being vulnerable and being transparent to learning continually. Yeah. So that you can return that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. We try. You you try. We want to soak up as much as possible. So that we have more ammo to give people. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's, that's, uh, you know, this sounds really corny, but that's. Like, I like corn. I'm But a this corn is fan. like the end of the show. Not real corn. But that's, yeah, well, you know, grilled Not corn. Not GMO corn. Grilled corn is. Oh, yeah. Oh, like some. You ever raw corn? No. Raw corn is the best and juiciest and sweetest, most oh, delicious yeah, corn you know, in the like, world. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like almost like a, like a fruit. Yeah. It's like a, yeah. It's, you know, of I, course I, you need a. Uh, a toothpick. <laughs> I'm from a place it. where I love like salt and pepper and Old Bay. Right. On a <laughs> yeah. Grilled on a corn. Piece of corn. Oh, bring it. But this, <laughs> all this, like all that, what I was saying is that's grown dad business, man. Like that's, yeah. I love that. And, uh, dude, I appreciate talking with you. Yeah. It's, it was very this fun. Is, became... You dropped some science and I love it. Good. So I'm I excited. appreciate it. And, and I had, and I had fun and, uh, hope you uh, people out there will see lady Hawk and all the movies we talked about. <laughs> What do you I, want to promote? Other people's old movies? Yeah. yeah Lady Hawk. That's good. Oh, you know, the, the Great American Comedy <laughs> Festival is every June. This is our ninth year, June 15th in Nebraska. or 18th in Johnny Carson's hometown of Norfolk, Nebraska, the middle of nowhere. He loved his town. And you, we've got to keep Johnny Carson's name alive because he was very instrumental oh my in the industry of comedy. A lot of young comics don't know right. it, but I bring these comics there and they find out. And I can only bring 20, but I pay them and I put them up Amazing. and i fly them out there and we treat them like gold wow. and the way comics should be treated comics shouldn't be charged money to do a festival they should be paid that's what it is but every once in a while you go and you invest your life to go to a place like Absolutely. you know this this festival's costing me money i had to fly here right and, right right you know well whatever but 
it's so invaluable because it's very, again, inspirational, plus I'm having fun, plus I'm in San Luis Obispo, which is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Oh, my gosh. I walked outside. I felt like I was in South America (laughs) with the beautiful mountains and stuff. Yeah, it's for a New Yorker, it's like Disney World. It's like, hey, look, the mountain exhibit. But, yeah, the Great American (laughs) Comedy Festival. And do you have an idea of when your book's coming out? Um, No, I'm just writing as many stories as I can and then hopefully finding a publisher for it. it, You know, I want to tell comedians listening, comedians listen, that the stories that I read on your social media, comedians. You can you won't you you can't wait for this. I really I'm I'm not look I'm looking you in the eyes. I'm <laughs> you not, are looking at me in the eyes. No, I'm saying this genuinely. Like some of your stories that I've read, I, I'm very excited to hear they're in a book, Great. and I think comedians will really love it. And just people, to, even if people like a glimpse into you know entertainment and things. I love that stuff. I didn't realize what an fu- incredible life I've had until I started writing these stories. <laughs> like, holy shit, I did that? I know. I do podcasts with people. I'm not saying, whoa. I mean, no, you you know what I no, mean. No, no, no. People, don't you know, apologize. People, people are like, tell me about yourself. And I do podcasts and they're like, what the fuck? I'm like, I don't know. I just yeah. live in life. I don't know what yeah. what's up. Uh, we're very so blessed because we woke up today and tonight we're going to do what we love for a living. Yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous. That, that doesn't suck ever. Yeah. yeah. And I always tell people, be kind and be funny. Yeah. It'll work out. Yeah. Be kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, I know. Thanks so much, brother. It's my pleasure. Epicast.